0: Have opera companies applied twenty-first century ideas to their marketing platforms, or are they hoping that what worked thirty years ago can still be applied to today's audience? Are they working very hard to diversify their audience, or are they satisfied to let the chips fall where they may? Verismo Mag editor in chief Tanisha Mitchell and I discuss juicy interludes, not your typical opera podcast. It may not be for everyone, but it just may be for that very one. I'm your host, Angela Renee Simpson.
1: So I was looking at the stats for opera's core audience, and it mm-hmm. says it's the highest audience demographic that goes to opera, and this is 2021 as well, 78.6% white, mm. okay? Yes. white, but yet what, what Peter Gelb was saying about the Met, it's the number of tickets that sold was 66% for this past season. And the age has gone down from, I think he said in 2020, it was 50. That was like the median age. Now it's 44. Mm -hmm. So The next season is really, I think in general for the whole entire United States, the next season is really a a test to see if they bring these new operas back, they are bringing them back, are they going to sell? So my question is, do you think that opera needs to have a core audience in order to market too? And is it working?
0: (laughs) Okay. I was thinking about your question um is their marketing working no no it's not working it's not working no if they're working trying to get a more i mean i see the progress of having more diverse faces on the stage Mm -hmm. what their problem is is not having diverse faces in the audience i can't speak for chicago right i mean i don't know their stats or San Francisco stats, um, regarding, um, uh, diversity in the audience mm-hmm. you gave me, you gave me the Met cause that's 78%. Okay. Is white. Um, and that means the 25% is people of color. Well, or, let me
1: just, are, let, let, me, let me just double check. as they say, okay, this is actually from the UK. And it was a study, it was basically a study on the opera company's ticketing, an international study. And the okay. international studies conclusion said that, and I believe this is from 2021, 78% of ticket buyers were white. Okay. And that's just internationally or that's it's just in the UK? An international, it was a UK study, okay. but it's, it's an international Look now on the other end, if you look at like on opera, the hold on a second opera America, they did a flip study. And they did a study on the staff and who runs opera. Mm-hmm. And you have, and it's funny, the the stats on the other end says that it's over 70% who of staff, staff members and administration who are white i found that very interesting
0: yeah i'm again not surprised opera america study is international or just the united states
1: just the united states
0: okay yeah mar- marketing is not working the question is who are you trying to market to I, that's and that's the question we don't know who are you marketing to you gave an age bracket the age now is 44 the median age but you don't say if they're white or black that's the other that's the other what what percentage of that median age is is people person of color or or or, or a caucasian person my take on is it is your marketing is still of an age before covid trying to use the same strategy 1970s strategy (laughs) In a 2023 world.
1: But how do you do it now? Because okay, I, I'm I'm coming now from an audience member. When I went to see in the last two years, I went to see Champion. It's very interesting. When I went to see Champion and Fire Shut Up in my bones, the majority of the audience, well, my section, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of us, a lot of melanin in there. Flip side, I went to see. Turandot. And the other one was that was last season, this season, the Don Carlo. Mm -hmm. Mm. Let's just say I was the only one. (laughs) I was the only one in that row. In no, 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 not even in the row. I was the only one in that section. Okay. And that section was the orchestra, the middle orchestra section. And I did see, now I'm going to tell you, I did see people of color, but I did not see as many in Don Carlo versus the other two operas. But my, but watch this. When I went to Porgy and Bess, you saw some of us, but you saw a lot of, it attracts a lot of people. It attracts a lot of Caucasian people. I'm just going to call it what it is. I
0: know. Oh, I'm, I know. You, you, you would know. No. I know. What is that? Tell um, me. <laughs> I can't answer for white people because I'm not a white person. That's right. I can't answer, but I'm going to take a good guess. Through history, Black folks have been known to be very good entertainers.
1: Through mm-hmm.
0: history, we, we've been known to <clears throat> always give a wonderful show. Britney mm-hmm. Best is one of those operas that is not on any companies regular roster and it's a double-edged sword when it comes to that Mm -hmm. it's a good thing Mm -hmm. and it's a bad thing at the same time wow the good part of it is that because it's rarely done and it's not on a regular roster gives it that uh, maybe prestige of people wanting to go see porgy and who?
1: I find that the the younger folks who I've spoken to millennials like me and gen wise have said while they like poor game best poor game best represents what they don't want to be stereotyped as and you've heard that okay. they don't like they don't like the idea of that so then like something like champion and something like fire shut up in my bones is like this is a for fresh air, and the, I'm, this is what they would tell me. Because I asked, I said, "Why?" I was like, "This is very interesting." I have a friend of mine who happens to be younger than me, and I asked them, "I said, why?" Okay, you don't want to go to to see poor Ian Bess. He's like, "I don't want to see that that old stuff, and I don't like the idea of you know, this is the early twentieth century, and the way that." black people are in that so I said so why did you go to see fire shut up in my bones I said why did you because it's really the same area it's a different time period it's 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 70s 80s 90s yeah I said, but it's the same culture it's the same culture what is the
0: difference because a lot has not changed
1: and they I don't know what it is you think it was a step scene <laughs>
0: Well, that within itself was its own entity. And we'll come yeah. back to that. I think being a, as a performer in Porgy and Best many, many, many times and seeing them out in the audience, me personally seeing a person that looks like me out in the audience gave me much jo- much, 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 much joy, much joy. Mm-hmm. Because it gives um, it gives a, 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 someone who's never been to the opera. Or I remember watching and, watching the movie Porgy and Best as a kid. It came on every year. I was so excited. Seeing people that look like me sing like that, even though they weren't actually Sydney Poitier and Dorothy Danvers weren't singing, still, someone who looked like that singing in in a at that time, quote musical unquote, I didn't realize *Porgy* was an opera back then, but but for me it was a musical movie. I love movie musicals. That was what I grew. And seeing it every year, I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Seeing Sammy Davis Jr., Diane Carroll all that great music, blah, 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 blah. Right. And then it was stripped. The Gershwins took it off the air. Um, the Gershwin family took it off the air. And I was very upset with that. And I was the, the reason why I was more upset, so, because generations after me would not get to see it. That's, nope. that's what, it, except if you lived in Harlem and went to the Harlem Film Festival, you would see it every year. Right. Okay, so, so I think the other reason might be because one, these these young people don't know the history of Porgy and Bess. In their minds, eyes, some of them, I'm not answering for all young people. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this, this may be a possibility. The fact that it was a white Jewish man that wrote it. That's another, my that's idea, another thing. Problem. But if you study the history, he didn't just happenstance and decided this is how black people act and we going he did his homework. He went down at that in that time, the 30s, the late twenties, early 30s, he went to South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, and lived with them. Lived to see what their culture was like, what they did in church. If you read up on the you read up on the, I think it's the Life and Times of Poor Game Bess, if you read that book. Um, or studied George, George Gershwin, he didn't just throw anything in a hat and decided to do anything. He went and did his research. And he based the music that he created on the music that he heard. It's not something he made up. He heard what they how they sang, what they sang. And because of that culture at that time, they spoke gullah, which they still speak today. They still speak it they today. They still speak it on the island today. But Those it's still a native. So don't I I when you put something in a box because you think it's old and you think because look, there was racism in it, there was drug use in it. Um, I didn't I'm sorry I didn't see fire shut up in my bows yet I got it on my DVR to watch but I don't, I'm sure there's racism in it I'm sure there's drug use in it I think maybe even a little a little Um. I could be wrong correct me if I'm wrong Tanisha a little prostitution going on in there am I wrong not to that extent Yes, things explicit is for, things. Uh, right. I'm going on. Now yeah. they didn't have sexually explicit things, but every in Porgine Best, but it's innuendo. Yes. It's, you know, this this kind of thing. And read and also Porgins best based on based on a book. Read the book. If you read the book, you may understand who these people are. So so I would say don't judge a book by what you think you see. Mm. You know, do your research. Now, as far as the marketing. With these opera companies, I think you. I'm going to say I've said this to you before. I think it was very smart of them to put the scene of the step show on Instagram. Oh, that absolutely! Was genius. Absolutely, that was genius. That made every that was a hoopla. It was a hoopla on both sides. People didn't like it, and people loved it. So that's what made those ticket sales come, and those people jump in and and come and see it. A lot of the white folks too.
1: But the can't. real test is, you had that. It happened. They brought it out. They made that opera open the season before because of the George Floyd stuff, all of that happening. So, of course, it was Terrence Blanchard's time. Absolutely. Exactly. And, exactly. and, that's and that's me, not negating that at all either. Not negating that. Me being someone who went to an HBCU. Mm-hmm. So looking at the step, it was, it was amazing. It was great. But now... Again, the audience—that's my question. Marketing is what brings value to your ticket buyers. So the audience that will go to see that step show, let's just call it what it is—they want—they want to see the spectacle of that. Right. Is that the same audience that you can attract to go see the spectacle of um, the coronation
0: of Turandot before she enters? No, because they didn't that's market it, it that way so okay so this is the thing if you want to have an, a butts in the seats reach out to your core audience i found out that they had some kind of performance situation at the guggenheim you're not going to find the audience that you want to fill the seats if you want that same audience that came to see fire to come and see Turandot, you have to go to where they are and where they are is in their churches they are in their churches so if you want to if you want to promote the opera and there are many big, beautiful, large churches in Harlem, have one of the singers from Fire come and maybe either you can you can have some of them sing during the service or mm. you can have some kind of event after service to have them sing a couple of songs, but have them the another person of color who mm. is singing in Turandot who is singing in La Boheme, who is singing in another more traditional Italian, French, German, whatever opera, have them perform also to let the audience know that we have. this is what we have, we're offering also. Yeah,
1: that's, that's the annoying part that I, I'm just, I don't like, I don't like the fact that if it's a black opera, oh, they're up in
0: Harlem and I, I don't like that. We're not a monolith. So you're not a monolith, but you're in New York City, right? Your so opera house is in New York City, so you want to. Everybody knows everybody in Harlem. Just but if you walk down the street and ask somebody who's Terrence Blanchard is, they're gonna know who that is. But if you walk down the street and ask them if they know who Mozart is, they're gonna know who Mozart is.
1: Some may, some may, some may well, not. You ask them who uh, who are the. You're in Harlem, you're talking about black culture.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you you mentioned, like you mentioned in, a, in an episode before, who was an opera singer of color that yeah. is of note from right. today? Right, Okay. Who do you think they would say of
0: color? Who the, in Harlem? Yeah. <laughs> Need I say more. Frickets. Frickets, they're not gonna say, but. But they're not giving that person. They're not giving that person exposure in their own in 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 this space. Is what I'm saying. So you you want to you want them to come to see fire just as well as see as to see Turandot. You got to give them something.
1: This is the issue that they, and again, <laughs> it's not just the Met. I think it's around the country. You mentioned something about core audience. Opera's core audience is white. Yes. Yes. Older white people. Yes. That's cool. for mm-hmm. audience. Right. So how, if you have a, if, it's like, if you have a candy shop, you have five things of candy equate that to an opera five operas. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So you have two out of the, out of the five, uh, they, they serve or they reflect black culture two then you have the other two out of the five are traditional so they represent the turandots the mozarts the Verdes. okay then you got that fifth one that's like a pastiche of everything okay um who are you going to attract it's scattered how do you do that can you have a successful opera company where you have a certain audience going to one opera and a certain audience going to another opera. That's, that's the question. So you mean that, so you want it where, how do you have a successful company where you have 20 operas and you sell out at least 15? What does your marketing have to be like? That is the question
0: in order to do that. To answer your question, in order to get those people who saw fire, you had tremendous, tremendous audience of African-Americans or whomever people of color come see that production. Yes. In order to get them to see other productions, you have to let them know that you have other operas, but you also have people of color in these operas. For instance, Latanya Moore was in Fire. Did anybody else know in their audience that she also sings Aida? You understand what I'm saying? In the program, I'm sure they did, but
1: that program is not a medium. What kind of medium do you think would work? Because you need a medium. You need a media platform, something. Right,
0: Right. but what I'm saying is is this. You have fire in the same season and Aida in the same season. Okay, so set up a concert. You have to take it to them. They're not going to come down to the Guggenheim. You got to take it to and baptist church you got to take it to ephesus seven day adventist church you have to connect with those people and 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 let me tell you have to connect with them and give a recital a small concert or something to promote your office to get to the or they're going to come they're going to come because it's people that look like them that are singing in these concerts singing classical music so you have Latanya moore mm-hmm. and say will leave them they come and do a scene right um, Fire then they turn around and do a scene from Aida. You understand what I'm saying? LaTanya was also, she was also in Aida that same season, but you want them to know that there are other operas besides fire. You want to promote that. So let the audience, let them realize, oh, she's singing this and she sings, it's, she sings the time. oh my God, Aida. You know, everybody knows about Aida. Everybody knows about the musical. They know the storyline. They know who she is. She's a black Ethiopian princess. Right. And if they don't know, you explain the scene. That's well. I think I want to see both of those. This young lady can sing. This young lady has a beautiful voice. I want to see her. So that's how you build the audience. You take if you get an audience that comes to one thing that doesn't norm, And these people, half of them normally don't come to opera but you want them to attend more. You have got to reach out to them. You cannot do education. The education stuff, those are little children. Those are, you know, uh, uh, children who don't have the power to say, I want to go, mommy, I want to go see. You got to get the parents. You got to reach the people who are in in your median age and also to let them know that you know, to come to, the, they still have this stigma. Let them know how much the tickets are. We Our tickets range from $25 or $50 to two hundred. $25 somebody can afford. $50 somebody can afford. And maybe there's somebody in the audience that can afford a $200 ticket that can come. I'm sure there are. There are plenty of Black people who can afford a $200. I'm not going to say maybe. There are plenty of people who can afford a $200 ticket. But give them that information and let them know you don't have to come dressed up in the tuxedo and the evening gown to come to the Met, the opera. You can come as you, the way you're dressed today, you can walk in, you can go and see an opera after church.
1: What you're talking about for marketing purposes is outreach.
0: Is, is I think go it, past, does the Met ever go past 92nd Street? It, it, they have. It, it, okay. just, I, I think
1: you need more than that. And I'll say this, I don't think any opera company can be its own media platform. It can't. You, you need help from the media outlets. If you, go, if you go and you look up a Beyonce or even a Rihanna, there are different media machines that's happening that's keeping their name out there. The other day, there was something about Spotify that she her streams reach over millions and is one of the top streams on Spotify. Now one would say with opera, people are encouraged to see the live performance. That's the, that's the end game. The end game is to get you to come and see the live performance. Okay. The fact that somebody mentioned that she is the top, one of the top on Spotify, she doesn't even have a new album out that keeps her name out there. Now people going to be looking her up And they're going to be like, well, why she got, she got all these streams on Spotify. Let's look her up. Um, Beyonce with her daughter performing. I'm sure you've probably heard of her daughter performing on tour with her. So there's, they have people
0: who are helping
1: them keep their names
0: out there. That's what opera needs. But the only difference is this Mm -hmm. This individuals, this is an institution. But see, that's the thing: the institution of opera, the institution of opera. Nothing that operates two institution. I'm talking about. I'm talking about you talking about. Well, we're talking about opera companies. So we're talking about a company: the Met, so Chicago, so San Francisco, L.A. We're talking about companies. Whereas Beyonce and Rihanna, even though they are big machines, they are an they are individual person.
1: No, no, no. That I'm gonna get. I'm. Let me get to it. They're individual people, but what they're promoting is the culture of pop and R&B music. That's the, if you think about it, they are the, they're the people that put out that music, but their brand is around this type of music that they're putting out. They are the medium to that type of music. So if somebody thinks about pop music, They think immediately pop music, you think about Rihanna. If you think about reggae, she's a little bit of reggae too. You're thinking about Bruno Mars. You're thinking about Dua Lipa. You're thinking about even Bad Bunny and Bad Bunny is also Latin. That's a whole other thing. You're thinking of them as as the celebrity, but they are the mediums to that type of music. That's the thing that I'm talking about with opera. You got one that's what I'm saying the medium to opera is what we what you're saying that you don't have to be the tuxedo the gown it's not required but when somebody thinks of opera, that idea they think of I have to dress up I have to be of some type of stature to go in that house rich mm-hmm. there's a an austerity to it there's no medium that's Communicating what opera is to the public—that's where I believe their marketing is going. I get what you're saying. That's what what I'm saying. saying. That's what what I'm
0: saying. They don't have one. We don't have a star. There is no star. There are no stars.
1: It's not even okay. I know what the star thing that we were talking about, and that's that's coming up. But it's not even the star thing. It's the 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 What does opera represent? And, and again, opera represents that core audience that I was talking about. Older people of a lighter hue. If you look at the statistic, it says it. So if that's your core audience, then how do you take a season? It's almost like it's, it's a catch 22. You have this, this menu and this menu is you serve this community, but you serve this community, but you serve this, you serve that. It's scattered to me. So that's the thing, is how do you take the, the idea of opera and, and change the, the notion of opera? How do we do that? That's the big question. You're, I see your face, you're like, girl, you know, that's what I'm saying. How do we do that? Because if you're marketing, who are you marketing to? You
0: can't have a smorgasbord of everything. They're using this, but again, we go back to using the same marketing in this time. In the last two to three years,
1: I've noticed a change in their social media. And mm-hmm. they're having people following people throughout the day, the day of the life of the diva. I know what you think about that. And, uh, you know, what's Stage. in their bag and... Stage. Uh, <laughs> It's not. <laughs> look you know but they're trying you know that's that's their that's the opera company's attempt yeah. to connect the singer yeah. to the audience
0: yeah i'm not interested in what's in your bag i'm interested in the bag what bag are you carrying is that a chanel is that a christian dior is that a you know the bag is it? i'm not interested in what's in it i'm interested in the bag i'm interested in how do you feel about a certain topic you know is it hard? Is it hard if you, if you're in the opera industry and you're a female and you're married and you have kids? Is it difficult? Is it, is it a difficult thing? And how do you how do you manage it? Do you have you know? Do you bring your kids with you? How young are they? Or did, uh, if they're older, do they stay home with dad? Not to get into personal, but you know, being married and in the business. And if you're both in the business, oh my gosh. You know, how, how do you navigate? Uh, is that a navigatable? I'm not, and I'm not trying to get into anyone's personal business, but I'm trying to put out subjects there that other people can, the everyday person can relate to. Uh, you know, I'm going to put, the, I've told you this story before, the thing that I always thought of, and I'm going to put her name out there. I said, like, if Taylor Swift decided to date a hunk, a Barra hunk, a guy who sings opera, and they're dating, if they yeah. met him somewhere, at a party or something, they decided to the date. Let me, honey, let me tell you, opera will be on the map. All it these girls be. tell their parents, I need tickets to see this opera. Taylor Swift's man is in this opera. He's cute. Blah, blah, blah. I want to see him. Taylor might be there. <laughs> I, you know, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I just use her as an example because yeah. this brings, this brings pop culture and opera together in some respects. You know I
1: think works. the root of this problem, this disconnect is there's no media platform or a medium on a high level, meaning it reaches millions of people that could translate what opera is to the general public. It can't just be a person. It's got to be a very powerful media entity, more than one. If Beyonce wears, I, I noticed on her tour. If she wears Louis V, Louis V has millions of followers. They're going to put oh Lord, Vogue. These are powerful entities. What happens with opera and these powerful media entities, they show up for like a, a flash. Then you don't see them anymore. Good example is Pretty Yende during the coronation. Whoever was behind that, more power to you as far as on her team and helping her get her name out there. Now, the question is, we are two months removed from the coronation. Coronation happened in May. What's going to happen now? Will it churn? Will that, you can't keep talking about the coronation forever. But what else will happen to keep?
0: UK American culture is totally different. That's UK. And of course, we, the United States, everybody across the world watches the coronation. I felt I missed her. I didn't hear her. Unfortunately, I missed it. I didn't see it. I thought they would replay it somewhere, but I couldn't find it. Pretty Yende has to sing in order for her to bring her brand to the pop culture here in the United States. She may not want to do that. In order for her to expand, she would have to walk the red carpet. Now that's where I see her. Somewhere
1: like the Met Gala, and something that's a Vogue sponsored event with other yes. celebrities—that's where. But again,
0: but you're only invited to the Met Met Gala when you do get make a big splash somewhere. Let's say she did a collab with Bruno Mars. She Bruno opened the end open BET Awards with his show, and in the background was this opera singer dressed to the nines, was Pretty Yende, and she sang this. Space this little thing with a little ditty or whatever on his song. That then you take that moment and you take that fifteen minute moment and spread that out because everybody's gonna wonder who is this woman? Who is this woman that sang on Bruno Mars? Who? Why is she dressed? And why was she was in? She was in the show. She was in the opening. She was in this. Who is she? Voice was wonderful, Mm -hmm. beautiful. But then then her people take that moment and turn take that fifteen minutes and make it into an hour.
1: So now, okay, now you, now all of this happens. How does that go back
0: to the institution of opera? Well, the people get to know who she is. They want to know who this, I'm an opera singer. I've sung all over the world. Because people are going to look her up. They're going to Google her. They're going to Google her and they're going to see who she is, what she does. Listen maybe to some clips and blah, blah, blah. Again, maybe she had on a beautiful Oscar de la Renta dress. Maybe she had on a beautiful front Versace gap for this event thing that she did with Bruno Mars. Let's just, you know, she's walking the red carpet and then she's at the after party. And then she's, you understand what I'm saying? That's the power of celebrity in this. Exactly, the power of celebrity is what's gonna give, think of it, Maria Collis was a celebrity. She was an opera singer, but she was a celebrity also. She was always in the gossip columns. She was, was always in the newspaper. Any little thing. Uh NASA's made her even more of a celebrity, and that's what connected people to exactly. the medium of the opera. I get you, but exactly.
1: again, but again, we that's don't, we don't have that now. So if we don't have that now. How do you take the institution of opera, and it's great to market your stuff to your audience the way that you, the best way that you can. But there are other things that's needed. No opera company can become its own media. It's not enough.
0: Not enough. It's
1: not enough. Because what you're doing is you're trying to change the narrative for people. But I noticed this. Look up opera and look it up in the news part. Look up the, the media platforms that cover opera. It's always geared to a certain audience, that same, that core audience. If you look at Financial Times, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, look at the demographic of the people
0: that read that stuff, it goes back to the core audience. What's what's the only sponsor I can think of regarding opera is Rolex. That's it. The, I see rolex at ad, rolex ads have opera singers wearing their watches in the ads and uh but not only opera singers wear rolex but those ads are only in met programs town and country yes <laughs> um architectural I'm, not even gonna say vogue. I'm not even gonna say it's not a, i don't think I haven't, in I haven't seen it in
1: vogue architectural digest I'm going to think of some other ones that I like to look at. But Town and Country is a big one.
0: Yeah. I can only, as, as a, someone who's an audience member and uh, also a performer, I can only imagine what goes on. How they're marketing these operas are just not working. You should be creating your own platform before you even get to the opera company. Well, you, you
1: said it before that opera houses don't make stars. No, they don't. They don't make stars. So you
0: have to promote their operas. That's what they're there for. They're promoting their operas. They're not going to promote the singers in their operas.
1: They're trying. They are trying to get you to be interested in who the singer is. But there's a wall of austerity. There's this wall where your stuff is only getting to a certain demographic. It's going right back to that core audience. And you know, what's funny, a lot of opera platforms on social media have over, I've seen like the top have over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Okay. There's one that has over a million, but yet there's still a disconnect. So if there's a disconnect, like you said before, you need to take your narrative in your hands. You need to create your own narrative,
0: personally. Yes, I want to see. I want to see you going to the movies. I want to see you talking about giving me a review about the new Marvel movie that came out. I want to see you talking about oh, you bought your ticket to the Beyonce concert. I want to. That's what I as a as a as an everyday person, all that stuff backstage. Yes, it's for people who don't know. For people who don't know. It's, it's wonderful. I, I, I don't say get rid of that. That shouldn't be the only thing. This is Juicy Interludes, Not Your Typical Opera Podcast with your host, Angela Renee Simpson. And remember, you don't have to listen to me, but you do have to listen to your audience.